Hello and welcome to Kardashian at the podcast about all things Kardashian. I'm Jessica Jardin. And I'm Marcy Jarrow. Oh. Hi. Hi, my, my, my goddess has turned into a <laughs> brunette goddess <laughs> she's still golden she's a I golden brown i talked a big game about dyeing my hair dark brown to match my roots at long last um and then in and then it ended up being a, a fair fairly lighter <laughs> but it's still Look. for me very dark you and chloe just are blondes <laughs> by nature <laughs> And it looks so good, though. And it's very different from what you were living in a platinum slash day glow blonde world. And now you are like a sun kissed, like sandy. I'm a natural. Yeah, I'm a natch. Yeah, it's been a real hair journey. I've been I have not had my hair brown, uh, my natural brown or close to it. in like, I think maybe since like 2008, maybe. Um, Wow. I couldn't, it's like, I almost have no photos of it. And then, yeah, I've been blonde for so long. And then in the last three years did all of my colors, which ended up being seafoam, like a lava orange, a pink, uh, slime green, an icy blue. And then I think the last one was the yellow, the like sunflowery highlighter yellow which is crazy uh, and very fun. And I, that's, I feel like the best feeling is like, I, I did I did it. I had a blast. I did it. I'm ready to retire it, give my hair a break. Uh, and I was truly like, hmm, I think the craziest color I can possibly think of is brown. <laughs> so I did it. And it's very hard to go from bright hair to brown hair emotionally. That's why I was preparing like- to not like it. Because I remember it suddenly feeling like you literally just feel less like light around you and like light hitting mm -hmm. you. And I remember it always kind of hitting, making my mood feel like heavier or darker. Um, So that's what I was worried about with like such a big transition. But then she kind of found a way to keep it lighter. And I don't know, so far it doesn't feel too sad. It looks so good. (laughs) I will tell you a thing that people, I haven't had red hair in years now. Like, Seven, I met no, you as a redhead. Six, yeah, so I haven't had red hair in so so long, and people say to me all the time, "Oh, but I liked you as a redhead." <laughs> <laughs> the there is still for all of the like the things that we've gotten better about saying, especially to women. I hair remains a very strange one to me. Uh, how much people let you know exactly what wh- how they feel about it. Uh, I wish that are like would say to me. <laughs> Wait, I was gonna say I wish someone would say to me, "Oh, I liked you when you were less fat." <laughs> it it's so strange to me the the that there is like there are these categories that still exist where you can be like, oh. You should do hmm. this. I don't. I'm not really. I I don't like this as much as the, your expression of yourself in this moment isn't really what I would do for you. <laughs> I thought you used to be prettier, <laughs> and I think I'm gonna tell you right now. So, oh, you got now old. you have the info. <laughs> it's like this one did become a big faux pas, but like the one that used to blow my fucking mind, and it would happen a lot in offices, is when people would be like, "Oh, you look tired." <laughs> <gasps> You'd be like, no, you never tell someone they look tired ever, ever, and ever, ever. The only way you could ever say it is if they say they're really tired. Nope, you can't even do it then. 
Can't even do it then. It's just, that's just not common on each other's appearances unless we know each other well enough or if you've been asked, you know? What like, if you it's said just, you, you're giving off tired right now? <laughs> <laughs> you're really I giving me tired. tiredness from, from you just as from a, like a vibe perspective. Oh, you are exhausting me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for the hair support. There is I maybe, love it. Thank you. There's maybe nothing I like love more in this life than, especially in quarantine, because you don't see anybody, than getting to like send a picture of your new hairdo. <gasps> and I was thinking, I feel so lucky because I've done it so many times to you and Trish. And it's like my hitting that send and being uh. like, which is, I like that it is also a very open acknowledgement of like, I did a thing. I'm vulnerable. Please tell me it's good. <laughs> and like friends always being like, we love it. And you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, man. And I used to love nothing more than like coming out with like a fresh new do. Oh. I was saying it's so different now because, you know, when you do it for my job, I'm on video calls all day. But, you, you know, normally you come into the office and everybody kind of gets to see it. And it's like, oh, my God, big new choice, big new haircut. But it doesn't work like that because you're just in these little gatherings all day. So, like, Mike, I'm wondering how this will go. But it's not that drastic. But my co- one coworker, she cut all of her hair off really, really short and gave herself bangs a couple weeks ago. And we're in a lot of meetings together. And I've watched her, like, I've watched it every time come up because it's just, like, bit by bit by bit. I'm like, oh, Carrie, your hair. Oh, Carrie, your hair. Like for hours and hours and hours because it's just teeny tiny little meetings of people seeing it. But, you know, I love attention, so I'll be fine. (laughs) I think that's always funny to me when someone gets a haircut is when they when when another person says, oh, you cut your hair. And then the person replies, thank you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, thank you. It's like, well, I didn't say I liked it. I just said you did it. You did this. I see it. You did it. You cut your hair. Okay. You oh, you did something hair. different. Hmm. <laughs> Reminds me of like when it's like I I never knew that thing of like back in the day during improv show improv show times. Like if somebody had like a bad show, like your friend or something like that. It's such a funny world of watching the, the way or like if it was Harold Knight and you just didn't do anything. Let's say you like were barely in the show and trying to figure out like how to do that compliment, you know, like, hey. show is so fun and like not just the dancing around not saying like anything specific just like yeah woo-hoo. you know what's funny as a performer though that's not worse than someone telling you specifics of what they like because i'm like please yes. don't do this please don't do this please don't please don't do which, this. which by the way i was just telling tim because we're coming up on the big anniversary week this is mm-hmm. the week that's coming up of like the shutdown, the NBA, uh, Tom Hanks, everything. Sent home from work. Big emotional week that I thought was really going to stress me out. I actually feel very at peace. A lot of stuff feels like it's really moving. There's a lot of like really hopeful news to hold on to. Um, and I was talking, we were re- both replaying like what every day and night was like of the week. And I was saying that this Tuesday was when I happened to be at Poobel with Dickie and you texted to come uh, to to come do the show. Why am I blanking in your team's name? Search history. Search history. Oh, my God. See, my brain, all UCB has like fallen out of my brain. And I ran over and it got to do the show. Amazing, it- guys, because... Everyone except for Jocelyn DeVore, Angel on Earth, 
Love uh, everyone backed out the last minute. Well, not everyone. Most, a lot of people backed out earlier, but then we were like, okay, it'll be four of us. And then two people backed out at the last minute. So it's like, okay, it's just going to be two of us. And I was like, this will be fine. I'm annoyed. But Jocelyn was a little nervous. She was like, yeah. should we get someone to take the show over for us? Should we get this? Should we that? And I was just like, well, just do it. But let's let's cast. Let's ask some people to come. And we didn't hear back from one person. So we're like, that's fine. And she, I was just like, it's fine. We'll just do a long interview. We'll stretch it out. <laughs> It'll be fine. Um and then we are in the middle of the interview and the, hear the audience gasp <gasps> and Jesse pops out from behind the curtains with her highlighter yellow hair it was so it was such a joy because yeah that was it was such a strange coincidence that I was feet away and was like I can get there in one second and and Dickie was great and was like go because we were like having drinks and I looked at my phone and gasped and she was like you gotta go go um ran over and then yeah I got to burst through the curtains and get like this huge response and then we had a barn burner of a show oh. the three of us it was like one of my favorite favorite shows yes. so so fun I got to feel like a huge hero and that is the last time was, I I have ever been on that's the last show I may ever do ever that was my last time on stage and it's I was saying to Tim like what a gift that that was that I would never have guessed that my last show would not be with my team or the people I play with all the time. But also it probably would have been wonky and weird if it had been. And like that it just like is this really warm memory of the last time of like at Franklin, which is where I lo my, would love to always perform. And with like you and Jocelyn, who I love so much, and that it was such a fun, weird kind of wild show. It's such a nice thing to remember. It it truly was, I think, the epitome of the spirit of improv what, that I like, that I love the most, which is so spontaneous and really having to just fucking figure it out in the yeah. moment. Like, even us, like, pan... I wasn't, like... Like I said, I was more annoyed than I was nervous. Yeah. I am... <laughs> I this is no one wants to hear about this but once I was going to do a tour co show where we used to travel to go to colleges and it'd be four improvisers would travel to a college and do like a 90 minute show which is hard enough for four yeah, people to do a 90 a minute show show but I was used to it yeah. and on one trip we had uh the person we had we we were it was going to be Amanda Sitko Betsy Sodaro Deb Tarika and I and it was Deb's first time doing Twerko mm. so she was very excited but nervous so we we carpooled to the airport and then Amanda and Betsy were carpooling that was the day there was a shooting at LAX <gasps> and the shooting happened after we had parked but they had not oh my god LAX went into lockdown we got we made the plane <gasps> I was terrified. I was like, should we turn around? What happens if we can't get back to LA because of lockdown or whatever? We didn't know what it was. And also the other two people were not coming with us. Yeah. But we were told to go on ahead. So we flew. I don't even remember where it was. We we flew somewhere and I remember Deb being very nervous and I was like, it's fine. It'll be fine. It's fine. Uh, we got this. It's fine. <laughs> Two people it's for fine. 90 minutes. Two people can do 90 minutes, especially oh. when someone's a little nervous about the, has never done the format. Yes. And stuff. But I was like, it's fine. It'll be fine. It's fine. I got it. It's fine. Okay. Don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> 
It was and, fine. It was I was going to say, and it was fine. It was, it was fine. great. Yeah. I remember we had like a bad interview and he was like not t- answering questions. And I was like, get the fuck off the stage. You're not helping me. I need someone else. I literally pushed him. I was like, get the fuck off the stage. I can't deal with you. Who else? Who else? Who else? <laughs> I was like in like anger mode. I was so anxious. <laughs> you got to roll with it. Uh, it it was so so crazy such a strange thing to relive on like the one year but like a very like in a week that ended up being so surreal like what a kind of warm memory you might have jumped into my arms and wrapped your legs around me i might have it sounds like a me thing sounds exactly (laughs) what i would do bad back bad Bad back back. (laughs) you know care when it i mean when i'm doing my craft you know nothing there's no such thing as a bad back when you can't in the moment all right, we jabbered. Oh, we jabbered. Boy. Well, before we jump into news, <gasps> oh, we yes. do have a little announcement, which is almost like a pre-announcement, um, which is that we have something fun planned um, for the big last season, which is premiering on the 18th. Oof, um, oof. We will be doing something that following day, Friday, so the 19th. So we're going to be doing, I think we're going to be doing, because we're just, we don't know technicalities of what we're doing yet, but we're going to do a live Zoom for you guys. So if people want to be with us and see all the faces we make while we podcast and maybe (laughs) do some like interactive stuff. Yeah, whatever I learn, whatever we learn how to accomplish yes. over Zoom, this will be a, a real <laughs> learning curve experience for everyone involved. Um, but yeah, we'll have that way. We will have hopefully all watched the premiere. Mm-hmm. Um, we will, yeah, be able to chat about that and chat about anything else that comes up. There's so much to talk about, but um, I'm so excited. This is like it's beginning. Yes. Yeah, so if you just want to pin the evening of March 19th to spend with us on a a little live podcasting, you can. And if you can't, then we'll you'll hear it the next on yeah. Monday. So yeah. it'll exist. But um, we'll post with more info, but wanted to be sure because um, I think historically when we've only done a couple of those IG lives, they haven't been with a lot of a heads up. So mark We're your cows. Fly by the seat of our pants, you know. <laughs> Which actually rolls us into uh, the first piece of news, which uh, we are not. Okay, so it was announced this week. It's the big finale is coming up. And they announced that E! is hosting a premiere drive-in screening of Keeping Up With. Uh, So I assume it'll be the first episode um, at the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl, which for anyone outside of L.A., The Rose Bowl, I'm sure most people have heard of it. It is massive. It is massive. Um, I mean, I'm sure this will be like a spaced out event, but it's on Saturday, March 13th at the Rose Bowl. Fans of the show will attend the special preview event set to feature screening of the season 20 premiere, a never before seen sneak peek of the upcoming final season and additional features such as drive up photo booths, snack kits and local food trucks. So we immediately clicked and already got the wait list uh obviously as the intrepid reporters we are i'd love to be able to go but i don't even know if we will i mean we're gonna try we're gonna and try it sounds I, like a historic event but it's I've also yeah who already knows? joined the wait list so mm-hmm. should i do it again i don't know <laughs> we'll keep trying and if we go we'll tell everyone about it but um that's such a fun and here because here's what I'm guessing and I'm thinking you probably think this too I would be 
surprised if we didn't get some special surprise cameos uh, from, I mean, if it's in LA, my guess is at least some of the car Jenners will appear at it. Yes. I think I that mean, will, it's like, why wouldn't they? <laughs> it's good press. It's a good, it's like, so they'll, pro, my guess is they'll trot out uh, some of the fam on stage. I'll tell you what, the last time I went to uh, a premiere at the Rose Bowl was with my friend Nicole Byer. She was in a movie, Bad Hair, on Hulu. Oh, so you've been to an event like this. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yes. And so it's a very, it's one, it was so fun. Now, Nicole is historically the one of the latest friends I have. She's always late. <laughs> yes. Well, something happened this night and she got the timing wrong and we were the first people there. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> And because of that, we were in the front row. So we got to see when Usher pulled up, when <gasps> Kelly Rowland was out there. I think I knew she was pregnant before everyone else because she didn't announce her pregnancy until very late. But I, she was in like a gold lame caftan. Uh, oh so. so how does it work? Because so, it, it's not in your cars at the Rose Bowl, is it? It's yeah. just spaced out? Oh, you are. So it's, you drive on to the I yeah. see. Okay. Not not to the field, in the parking lots. <gasps> I'm dumb. Okay, that makes sense. No, I've been no, like, no. how I do mean, they get how us you in? Know? How do they get them what in if the you, Rose Bowl? What if everyone got to drive their cars onto the field of the Rose That's Bowl? That's what I thought. That's what I was destroy like. Destroy it. I was like, no. how do they do it? It's okay, because that they have sense. all those like big parking lots. So yes. yeah, that's how they do it. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe we'll get there. Maybe we won't. Either way, we'll watch the premiere. Um, and, and Blair Underwood was parked right behind us. <gasps> but Gorgeous. everyone was wearing masks. So I was like, I think that's Blair Underwood. But I'm not positive. That's Blair Underwood. And it was Blair Underwood. <laughs> and then he tried to cut in front of us while we were leaving. And Nicole oh, screamed, Blair. no, Blair, no. <laughs> The visual of Nicole yelling at Blair Underwood car to car. <laughs> no, Blair. No, no, Blair no. Underwood, I don't think so, sir. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> uh, well, that's, oh, I'm, ex if, I'm excited. Yeah, this Zoom is really working against us today, huh? <laughs> I know. I'm like, I, f I feel like it's mine is glitchy. Sorry. No, no, it's my mind's definitely the problem. But that's why we guys, when we over talk, it's um, that's what's going on. It's technology because we are polite to each other. You're so polite. So news. <laughs> yes. Back into the news. OK, so um, I'll move through this because it's never that fun. Uh, the, the divorce updates, I also don't want to make it into like a breezy thing because it is also a sad thing. Um, but it's obviously big news. What is going on with, you know, a giant uh, divorce. So it was announced this week that Kim is going to be keeping the, the hidden Hills home, um, which I think is not surprising to anybody considering like that Kanye has been living in Wyoming. Uh, and yeah, that it totally makes sense and that the kids can then have, you know, the stay in the home that they, whether she stays long-term, I think is definitely a question, but, um, in the immediate, it makes perfect sense that she of course would stay there and all, especially with all of her family, like living basically compound style there. And you know? that's not to say that when it does sell eventually that they won't then split profits from it. Right. But it's like in no one's interest to like 
fight for it. And he has a whole <laughs> giant. Well, it is worth $50 million more than it was when he bought it. So that's let's, true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Like so, it's nothing. <laughs> so they bought the house in Hidden Hills. I don't remember what year, but they, oh, 2014. Um, they bought it for $20 million and it is now worth an estimated $60 million. So and of, for, of course, $40 million, yeah. <laughs> everyone remembers uh, that, you know, she did a tour of the house uh, for that 73 Questions for Vogue. It's appeared, you know, everyone knows this, like, kind of insane white gallery home that they built. This house is, like, pretty creepy. It's all white, beige, taupe, but minimalist. I gotta say, beautiful. Though, I see that it has influenced modern design aesthetics so much, though. For sure. Like, if you look at any Airbnb, yes, they will have more pops of color, but white and beige are the primary color of almost all all modern like go watch yeah. the show on netflix it's like dream home makeover or something everything is natural wood and white mm. and i it, maybe it was popular but i feel like it really is an aesthetic that that siphoned off of that well it was yeah it was like i remember first seeing this house and of course it's also because there's like so many kids in it and it just always feels really incongruous you know um but yeah the first i i remember it being really jarring the first time i saw it just all of that white and beige and how like monochromatic the whole thing is um and it does look a lot more and it makes sense i mean a lot of this was kanye working directly with like architects and artists and like that has been kanye kanye is for all of the kanye stuff he is definitely i always feel he is a visionary in terms of like aesthetic and style yeah. from like d shoe design, clothing, everything. And like it, I do think he's like actually an incredible ahead of the curve artist. And that, that doesn't mean everyone needs to like it, but you right. cannot deny that he has vision. Right. Like, I think that's the perfect way to put it. Like, I don't really respond to his aesthetic, whether it's like clothing, shoes, this house is the opposite of anything I gravitate towards, but it is undeniably like influential. Um, and so, yeah, and this house has a lot of, there's a lot to it. There was a famous uh, bathroom sinks that he designed, remember? That oh, <laughs> these really abstract so looking sinks. They have these I will never TVs forget built into though. the floor when Kim tried to show us how the sinks work and then the water backed up over to the, to the, <laughs> it, yeah, it backed up on it. It didn't work the way, like you can't turn the sink on at full yeah. pressure without it spilling over, but she wanted to prove that you could. And I was like, right. Oh, no, maybe oopsie. we don't show it, but, but, hey, um, yeah. great prototype. <laughs> I think, yeah, I and this was also the home. So much has happened. Kanye got in trouble from the city because he was tr building like a little city of yurts in the back because uh, he was trying to solve homelessness. And then the city I was love like that he was willing to yes! let a homeless like village. No, not <laughs> even home, uh, a previously unhoused village of people move into yes. his backyard. I love that about him. That, those are the things that I love. It's this childlike idealism that Kanye has that every now and then we get to see peek out. And that's what I actually love about him. I totally agree. I think that's why it's like this home is to reminisce. It, it, it has so much of that. There's, it's also 
uh, and we, I won't go through every home memory. It's also some of the like, remember they had Kenny G and the roses. And like- oh my gosh. On her first mother's day. <laughs> So many memories. Or, wait, so, was it Mother's Day or was it February 14th that other day? I, I think cannot. Was, you keep, you've heard me not remember what Valentine's Day is more than once in our conversation. That other day on February 14th. I think it, no, I think it was, I think it was Mother's Day. I think you're right. I think it was Mother's Day. Um, so, you know, this house is, is, has a lot of history. Uh, I, I'm glad I'm sure just to be able to stay, I will be here and not have like shakeups in her life and for the kids, but I am curious Absolutely. what the long term, um, now, will be. Jess, if you were gonna redecorate, what would you do? That house? Yeah. It's hard because it's like, I think for me, I just, to have no, I, that's the problem is that I feel what I love most is the opposite, which is lots of texture and lots of color, but you're a maximalist. I'm a maximalist. I like clashing patterns. I like, uh, I like probably what would feel more like clutter. Uh, I just like the feeling of like softness and warmth and texture and like organic plants and stuff like that. So that's not Kim's vibe. I think that, so I, I, I would like to see, I think that's why I'm really curious is because I don't know that I actually know Kim's aesthetic uh, apart from Kanye. I think I can kind of guess. And I think if you look at stuff like her last, like her Terry, um, however you say his name, Moogler, like kind of phase with, with the Met Gala and stuff. Like, I do think there is something really like colorful and fun and costumey always about Kim, like kind of the internal drag queen of her mm-hmm. self. Uh, and I would love to see that kind of in the home, you know? I would like her to let the children use it as a blank canvas. Yes. Or Jackson Pollock it completely. <laughs> and just like start smearing and splattering paint on different walls. I would love it. I'm like genuinely very excited. And I'm sure in like a year, if she does stay in that house, we'll get like a big architectural digest, you know, like, or some people magazine thing where we see the house. But it's, it's a very symbolic thing that home, you know, and the work they put into it and the look of it and like all of it. So, so anyways, uh, onward for Kim, another Kim post, uh, some Kim news, this one was really sad. <laughs> Kim on Friday posted, I, so I finally watched the Britney Spears documentary this week and it made me feel a lot of empathy for her. The way the media played a big role in her life, the way it did can be very traumatizing and it can really break even the strongest person. No matter how public someone's life may seem, no one deserves to be treated with such cruelty or judgment for entertainment. Um, And then she said, when I was pregnant with North, I was suffering from preeclampsia, which made me swell uncontrollably. Uh, And she said, I cried every single day over what was happening to my body, mainly from the pressures of being constantly compared to what society considered a healthy pregnant person, what a healthy pregnant person should look like, as well as being compared to Shamu the whale by the media. Looking at all the photos of myself online and in magazines made me so insecure. And I had this fear of wondering if I would ever get my pre-body back. Sorry, this is really long. I was shamed on a weekly basis with cover stories that made my insecurity so painful. It couldn't leave that. I couldn't leave the house for months after it really broke me. 
To say this didn't take a toll on me mentally would be a lie. I'm just sharing this to say I really hope everyone involved in the business of shaming and bullying someone to the point of breaking them down might reconsider and instead try to show some understanding and compassion. You just never fully know what someone is going through behind the scenes. And I've learned through my own experiences that it's always better to lead with kindness. Now, she did also end it by saying, yeah. now I'm going to go work out, LOLOL. Ooh, what a, Which, what a rough one to land on after reading. Because then but after that, then you clicked through like 12 covers of like life and style and a bunch of tabloids from the time. Yeah. And they were these cruel, cruel headlines uh, about her and her size. And and like so you were like clicking through it and it's like this is unbelievable. It's so, I think it truly like m- broke my heart. Um, and then, yeah, and then you land on the one that's like off to work out and it was like kim yeah it's so close to to understanding the point of what's yes. the problem but yet just missing it and it's just internalized fat phobia that yeah. one two, it hurt her so badly to be called fat right but there are a lot of fat people in the world who yeah. her worst nightmare is looking like us well, that's the thing is and, it's like in, in this attempt to try to like acknowledge this, this like experience she had, which I'm sure was really complicated. It it fails to really, it's so, it's so Kim. <laughs> like, yeah. But it's not just Kim. It's so many people. I, I think just it's, there's the bridge has not been built yet between the two ideas that we should not only not shame women for their bodies, but that we should also just respect everyone no matter what. Right. And to say like the worst trauma I endured was being told that I was this kind of person of which they're, it, that's a person, you know, that's a whole and person. That, I literally make underwear for that person. <laughs> and that is like who I would deep, who would, would ruin my life if I looked like them. That's what she, like, that's what's the truth. And it's, yeah, it's unfortunate. And I hope that it's not always, but again, I appreciate her sentiment, but also it does just a bit miss the mark. It misses the mark. Sorry. I started talking about Jamila because recently she exercised while eating cake and nothing has ever made me angrier. Oh my I know God. we don't talk about her. I know we don't talk about her, but let me she just tell you shall not the, be pan- the pandery bullshit of wearing a bra, working out the, insanely the next- like, sculpted Every body on display slide after that was like a lot of people like this bra so it's coming it's like yes this was advertisement it was always advertisement it was just a weird cockamamie way to conceive of anti-diet culture exercise and it's like what no nothing never mind guys you all love her and that's you your cross to bear you guys will see you'll all see <laughs> come 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 and knock in when you've joined us we will love to have you pander uh, to me you skinny yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right courtney i know everyone's gonna get mad and i don't care so you can save it for yourself uh, <laughs> so courtney shared this throwback video of her with bright yellow hair talk about hairs hair colors oh my god i love this video so much because (laughs) chris just says 
wait, what is the exact phrasing that Chris says? She's like, <laughs> I know. Are we going to fix your hair? Make an appointment to fix your hair tomorrow? Oh, it's like, Courtney, do you have an appointment to have your hair fixed tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so rough. I love, I love baby Courtney. Look at her with this blonde hair. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. She said, I was blonde in high school for just a month. I think I was in 11th grade. I, and then she said, I'm just a brown haired girl. It suits me. I like my dark brown hair. Oh my God. I and mean, yeah, if- it's this, it is like <laughs> this. It's actually very similar to the, the crazy yellow I did. Um, but I don't think that that's what she was trying to do. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to be a blonde beauty and it just didn't work for her. Oh, this- I do love it though, because it, it does. I don't know. Like I was saying last week, there is this edginess to Courtney because she can't be blonde. Yeah. Like she's not going to fit in the same way that Kim can like make blonde happen. Granted, I think this is more of a, this issue was a teenager dying their own hair or something. Yes. That's what it looks <laughs> like. You like where it just be, get turns into like this really like kind of ramen noodle, like, and I've done it. I've had it. I've had that exact hair where you've just killed your hair and it just is like this limp dead thing hanging off your head. Also, why were they filming this? I don't know. That's what was weird to me. That looked like not home video camera. That looked like TV camera footage. But yeah, but she's just a little baby girl. I mean, maybe there was some other, maybe there's a long buried show that none of us knew about. Um, um, I just love a mom being like, are we going to fix that tomorrow? We'll fix your Can hair we- tomorrow, right? It's so funny how moms really take their children's looks so personal. Oh, my gosh. It's the complexity of mother-daughter relationships and, like, the conversation around, like, yeah, like, every piece of expression and looks. And, like, it is – I'm sure there are many, many great books about it uh, because it is so – complex it's so much and yeah i can't even imagine when you're chris jenner and you're a jenner or kardashian either oh my gosh what a mess but speaking of court her beau her beloved travis barker went on the drew barrymore show this week and of course opened up about uh courtney um and it was really sweet he's so He's just very soft-spoken. I know. He's just this very nice man. Um, but he talked about a, a thing that actually we t- – when we were kind of like spitballing about like how they worked, he said, I would date girls that didn't have kids and I'd find it kind of hard because I think they have trouble understanding, well, why don't you want to go to dinner with me every night or why don't you want to see me every night, Barker said. And now I'm spending time with a woman who's a great mom, who's a great friend, and you don't have to worry about any of those things. It just comes natural. Now, this led me down a rabbit hole of Blink-182 because (laughs) I just started thinking about Tom DeLonge and him quitting the group to focus on this – It's like this company like to the stars and beyond or something like that where they make media. They both make like scripted and unscripted like television and then also are studying aerospace. Because for anyone who does not know, he is a huge, huge, huge avid believer of alien life. 
That's like yes. his and whole then, thing now. Yeah, the third one is like science and stuff. So uh, it's so crazy because it seems like um, at first it's like, oh, Tom DeLonge believes in aliens. Yeah. But then like at the beginning of the fucking pandemic, a bunch of shit that he said was then declassified and it was true. <laughs> and he's possibly really on to something. So I was just watching a bunch of videos and interviews with Travis talking about Tom DeLonge and like how they, they would go on tours and then they were supposed to record a new album and he just like was never showing up. And then he's like, mm. I got to go follow this other dream. And he's like, I just think he was having an, an identity crisis, ah. which, um, but now I'm just curious if, I mean, they still talk, I believe they're still friends. So yeah. when are we going to have the crossover with Courtney, not Courtney with Chloe and Tom DeLong going like hunting for aliens. Oh, this is beautiful. I love this idea. And remember I remember the Area 51 episode, yes? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. Oh my God, how fun. I mean, if this opened up like a world where all of these like 90s and 2000s icons are intersecting, I'll die of happiness. Like oh my the idea of just like Blink-182 now being connected to the Kardashians is like, more than my brain can handle. And I was never even like a crazed Blink-182 head, but obviously it was like, you can't have grown up in the 90s and, and not have known everything. And like every video, everything. It was just like ubiquitous. I was very punk for a while. I didn't know this about you. Oh my God. Did I never tell you that I was really good friends with a punk band from Lakeland, Florida, the Wyattas. Oh, shout out. And we met them when, when I was a senior in high school, my best friend Rebecca who I've spoken about before was a, a freshman in college. And she, I don't know why anyone thought it was a good idea. She lived in her own apartment. What? So, uh, in like a little, a little lofted, uh, apartment and I would go stay with her and we met these, we went, I had a fake ID. And so we would go to the bars around LSU mm. and we met these guys at a show at the live library Joe's at library. And it was like a punk group that was on tour with, for the Vans warp tour. Right. Oh, Okay. And they were like, we don't have a place to stay in it. Can we stay with you? And she was like, yes. And I was like, how dare you? How <gasps> dare you? I was like, I, I, we can't have like a full band of men <laughs> stay with us teenage girls. We are teenagers. <laughs> we are currently teens. But we did. And it was like oh a, a Jonathan, Chad, Mark and Rob. <laughs> and then they're roadie. And, and I just remember like, uh, yeah, we, we ended up having like a years long friendship years. Like, oh so God. anytime they were on tour, we would go see them. And so we met a lot of like punk bands, mm. like black flag and stuff like that. And oh my God. Oh geez. Oh geez. And then we, then we would go visit them in Florida and then go to other like 
like they would like do punk shows around you know central florida and we would always be like with them but i was like dressed in abercrombie and fitch and like <laughs> oh little marcy at the and punk show and i'd be like i'm with the band and it seemed so <laughs> unlikely ma'am are you sure you're not a narc perhaps <laughs> no i'm with the band i literally have a rash from their van <laughs> uh, i still talk to uh, uh i still talk to mark at least and occasionally the drummer i love that but Look I was you. you know what punk guys are just like honestly they were like very liberal versions of dudes yeah <laughs> i could see that early odds like they were like vegan and very like yeah you know. it was very like uh yeah where where the concept of a lot of the concepts have just become like progressive values yes <laughs> so it wasn't like we're crazy it was just like like silly boys giggling around and not eating meat and you know just being like <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I'm so I basically am a punk rocker and always. Oh my god, you're just like Travis and Courtney. You guys have so much to talk about. Travis Um, is exactly the kind of guy though that I'd be like, yes, I'm in love. He's too skinny and a drummer. (laughs) He's he's a dreamboat. He always has been. Um Okay, there's more news. Um this one, maybe you saw this week. Kylie's pushing out a lot of YouTube content, I gotta say. So it looks like she filmed another one of these drunk getting ready with me videos. Now, this is clearly a little cross promo because it was with Kendall and they were drinking. Yes, you guessed it. 818 tequila, hottest new tequila on the market, um, which is Kendall's tequila. Everyone knows now. And um, the video, I don't believe, has gone up, but they posted a bunch of videos of them hanging out at Kylie's office where they filmed it. And it was very funny. They got absolutely absolutely shit-faced uh photos of them just like literally kendall like pretends to kick an assistant and then falls on the (laughs) ground and rolls around (gasps) kylie repeats uh i peed my pants a bunch while cry laughing and she's like a a hair extension taped to the side of her head (laughs) they have like makeup all over their faces uh it's actually very cute it makes me happy especially after last season um And the drama between Kendall and Kylie, I think, really did make me feel like, oh, they may not be like as close as you would as maybe everyone thinks the two of them might be like it sort of exposed. I feel like that fight they had in Palm Springs, um, which I drove past, by the way, that Toucan's place finally and was like, (gasps) that's the place. That's where it all happened. (sighs) One day, one Uh, day. But I I don't know. I just like I I do think their relationship and the two humans they've turned out to be are really different. Yeah. Um, And it really exposed. I think we saw in that whole storyline that they're like, you know, that there's a lot of stuff there. And so anyways, it made me happy to see them get drunk and have fun together. I mean, I wish they would have fought. I hope there's (laughs) an element of them like ramming their high heel shoes into each other's necks like <laughs> like that night but that's the thing about sisters is they can physically fight and then be fine the f- craziest fights i've ever had and the only real physical fights i've ever had are with my sister when we were growing up crazy the best fun it's a gift it's a gift uh um, is that it or is this what there's is one the, last one that truly i was just like huh tmz what? reported that mainly okay well i'll just kim courtney chloe and chris all filed trademark docs to lock up the rights for a name of uh, the name kardashian cards 
as you guessed, cards with a K. They're looking to use their famous name to sell greeting cards, calendars, decals, photo albums, and postcards, as well as scrapbooks, stationery, paper, notebooks, stickers, erasers, bookmarks, and gift wrap. And I just was like, okay. This feels like <laughs> about eight years too late, though. That's what I said. I was just like, like, you know, the Chris beauty line, those kinds, when those patents fall in step, I'm like, yeah, this is like the stuff. Yeah. They would have been doing in 2009 or like yeah. just way beneath them. I mean, money's money, but still I was like, why, why this? I could see it though. I could see it being like cutesy stationery that Courtney's putting out. That's like your to do market list of organic Blah, blah, blahs. Yeah. I just, I guess we'll see. And also, we said this before, sometimes they file these patents and it doesn't mean anything. And yeah. they just like take it basically to just own it. Um, and it's not necessarily like a big launch planned, but it's sort of in the midst of giant partnerships with Hulu and Disney and, you know, international clothing and makeup brands. It just feels like a really weird one. But who knows? I could be very wrong. And the stationary industry is, is like, where all the money's at. Who knows? I just think that you don't really believe in yourself until you trademark a bunch of businesses in your name that you haven't started. <laughs> yes. What a marker. Uh, when I'm finally, when I'm trademarking like JJJ, you know, just on anything, just so I can be sure I own it. Oh, I'll know. I'll know I arrived. I mean, if you don't start like a bar line, like a tiki bar, like cup <sighs> and I would love to. I would Just, love to start a why business. Why aren't you? I don't know. It's, I've been busy. Oh, get a get a job. No, <laughs> got a job. That's the problem. That you got a is job. The That's the big problem. As soon as I don't have my job, I will do a lot of start things. Start your tiki line. I would love to. I would love to. Um, should we get into this? This is a very fun episode. I Absolutely. was really excited about this. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. All this, right. We are watching uh, Courtney and Kim take New York season one, episode six, Dream a Little Dream. Oh, that title. Well, now, I don't understand the connection. <laughs> the, the title? I don't understand the connection to the episode of Dream a Little Dream. Well, the dream, dream is the producer. Fuck. Oh, they got me this time. They Marcy like flew back in her chair. I'm fucking god. Oh my god. <laughs> this whole thing is cooked up by the evil brain of the dream. No, I'm grateful for this. This is like so. This is a, an iconic episode where Kim briefly becomes a pop star, and oh it my is gosh. such joy but before we get there uh the episode is a really fun start they are at fao schwartz the famous uh, toy store which i believe unfortunately is gone now yes. um and uh for anyone who doesn't know it from big the movie big there's a very famous scene with a big giant piano and so it's really cute kim and courtney are goofing around on the big giant piano kim is playing chopsticks she this, tried like, to do attended. a split she's not limber <laughs> then they just fall into like perfect kardashian sister territory where it's like 
Kim is just dragging Courtney across the piano keys, like making like ring, 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 ring sounds. I wonder if Kim, like, in her mind was like, okay, you have to be fun. You have to be fun. You're going to be fun. Kim, you're going to be so fun. You're going to be fun. You can do this. You can be fun, Kim. (laughs) You can do it. You are fun. You're fun. So fun. The one word no one uses to describe you that knows you, you're it. (laughs) Fun, 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 fun. Chloe gave me a list of things I can do to be fun. (laughs) And I'm going to do them. This is a very Chloe move to rip straight from the playbook. Uh, But it's just a little standalone nothing. They're just goofing in FAO shorts. There's like an attendant who's just sort of standing and like uncomfortable. Doesn't know what to do. Just keeping an eye on them. He's like doing that the guy hand rub thing that you see men on street corners doing when they see a hot lady in movies. So like, <laughs> yes, yes. Like kind of just right. like, like over you, and around. Can you hear like, my ASMR? Yeah. Ooh, I wonder what that sounds like. That's nice. <laughs> it um, suits me. So we have Courtney and Scott. They're on the street. Scott's wearing a custom suit. The paps are eating it up. They love the look of him. They're screaming, what are your picks for fall, Scott? Boy. And that's the question. What are Scott's picks for fall? And he doesn't know, guys. Uh, I laughed so hard. throws him into an existential crisis. (laughs) What are my picks for fall? I was what? like, what are is my this going to be the storyline? Because I immediately was like tickled. I was like, oh, my God, is Scott's storyline going to be his picks for fall? Because this is so it, funny. And guess what? It was his picks <laughs> for fall. It was his pick for fall. So <laughs> Scott's hanging out at the old apartment hotel. And, and he's like, Kim, let me ask you for some advice. Uh, some fashion <laughs> advice. And Courtney yells. Uh, we all like fashion. And he's like, no, nah, we're not talking. This is just about icons, fashion icons here. <laughs> it's this conversation is so funny. And I was, I, this was a good example of like, I wasn't sure. And there was a lot of unknowns with the di- the dynamic of like Courtney, Scott and Kim. Like th- that was one that I was like, oh, with the, the outset of this season. Like, ah, what is that? This was very funny because it played into everybody's. Kim is immediately, so tickled to be uh, getting called in a fashion icon <laughs> and is immediately seriously weighing in. I laugh so hard. He's like, she starts suggesting maybe he go for like hats. And then Scott immediately says his hair is too good and he can't go with hats. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, he's right. I did love that. You could throw hats in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> As if this is like how like any fashion and I just in the whole conversation, just the idea of like two grown adults being like, what will my picks for fall be? Kim, you're a fashion icon. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet it is how like hats like fashion houses are like, okay, what hasn't been done in a while? Yes. What are we gonna do? Hats. No, we can't do hats. That's I not my it. thing. It's not we just we did that six years ago. I'm uh, also so shocked every time I see how much Kim and Scott get along. Yes, and that's what I always, mean. But they always do. I just yeah. sort of forget it because she didn't have that but she, every scene she's had with scott she is always team scott over courtney every time she really likes him that's that's a better way to say what i was trying to say which is like i sort of was like oh that's a funny combo the three of them but 
their dynamic is really warm and like and the way they are to court me is very funny and like i just actually like their three threesome not threesome um their vibe a lot <laughs> but it's because scott's no dum-dum and he knows where his bread is buttered <laughs> yes he knows to kiss the ring scott can admit what courtney cannot which yes. is i don't need to buy her shoes i bought her a career <laughs> and Scott knows that. Scott knows Kim bought her a career. You're so right. It is truly. And that's also, I think, the key to the whole family relationship because eventually that's what he, I think, comes around to with Chris, which is like, hey, you better kiss, kiss the ring for the matriarch and then you're set for life. And he has been. Isn't it so great to see a manipulator like work? <laughs> <laughs> he's truly like so gifted at it it's really yeah it's impeccable work but it's like also like of course it's so easy yeah you flirt with these women and they're like oh, <laughs> i'm young and beautiful okay. i'm pretty me an agreed upon beautiful person but i'm pretty though <laughs> okay you can have a spinoff um then we have sierra as in what sierra a, the pop star pop she suddenly my goodies this is my goodies right my yes goodies. yes yes my, my goodies i uh, sierra gorgeous amazing i love her she and kim head out to lunch and they're catching up of course we have no idea that they've ever been friends but that's okay um and at lunch I mean, if kelly Rowland was at her birthday yes, party you're right um and sierra tells kim that she had is friendly she's been working on her album sierra has and that the producer the dream asked Sierra about Kim recording a song and wants our dear little Kimberly to make some music. And it is really crazy. He was uh, the dream, especially at this time was like, so, 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 so big. Like I remember it's, you know, the idea. So, okay. Want me to, I'm going to read a couple of his songs. Ready? Do it. So Terrius young Del Nash is his name. He goes by the dream. He has written Me Against the Music, which was <gasps> for Britney and Madonna, um, Umbrella <gasps> for Rihanna, Single Ladies, <gasps> Beyonce, Beyonce, he obviously. He wrote it or produced it? He's, he has co-writing or writing credits on all of these songs. Um, Partition for Beyonce, <gasps> Beyonce, Touch My Body by Mariah, Baby for Justin Bieber. I mean... This is, I mean, this is crazy. So, look, yeah, guys, I just want you to remember this that not everything is going to be a hit that you do in your life. <laughs> it's, it doesn't mean if you have a flop, it doesn't mean you're never going to have a hit again. <laughs> because this song came out in 2011. And <sighs> I think Single Ladies actually came out before then right uh <laughs> yes but yes. partition came out after then and yes so that's true that's true yeah i was very curious how if this tanked his career or it not. didn't it didn't seem to i mean granted <laughs> was his career better before this moment oh yeah it seems like it much better yes <laughs> yes yes seems like it was the end of the glory days but that does not mean he was incapable of, of doing anything else 
I mean, the idea of of umbrella single ladies. Uh, oh, this is interesting. He also did Ultra Light Beam, which is was Kanye Chance mm-hmm. uh, and Chance the rapper. I and bet you anything that he knew all him of the through lights. Kanye. Yes, I bet this is more of that. So yeah, he he was working with Kanye around this time. 2012, he did all of the lights with Kanye. So that might be a, that might be a hidden piece that they were like also uh, all the lights with with Rihanna as well. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. And not the lights and So the dream is is a big, big, big time producer and wants to work with Kim. And but Kim too shy. She too Kim nervy. Too and this is the stuff that is very charming about Kim. She, oh, you know, most uh, megalomaniacs and narcissists <laughs> would be like, "Oh my god, of course I can do that. I can do everything." Um, and she is not sure. She tells Sierra she's going to think about it, but she's obviously tickled. She's very. She's making a classic flattered Kim. Oh my god, me. me? He wants to wear the me face now. I just have to say, I loved her gold studded sweater. Oh my God, me too. In the scene. I also love that this idea came about four years after Paris Hilton <laughs> produced her first album. Yes. Four years after. It's so wild. You're a this copycat. Was, you are a copycat loser. <laughs> this is a really like, uh, like this is a really interesting time when it was, I feel like it, I guess it's never really gone away, but where it was like, yeah, Paris had her song. Uh, I mean, there was like Lindsay Lohan had a pop career, like fully albums and stuff. Um, it wasn't that, yeah, it was just clearly this time of like, yeah, why not? <laughs> like, but the difference is that uh, Stars Are Blind is a wonderful song. Um, All an undeniable people, bop. People made fun of it at oh, the time. F- for sure. But it's really great. I don't mind mm-hmm. spending mm-hmm. some time mm-hmm. just thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't really know all the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Also, for anybody who follows Paris Hilton on Instagram, I haven't in a while because I couldn't take it. But I, up until truly recently, she drives around constantly in LA listening to that song and like just films like Palm Trees and her own song playing. Mm, baby, you're mine. <laughs> but the point is, there were some moderately successful attempts in this realm so we'll see uh, i mean i think at this point Gwyneth paltrow like literally had a movie and an album where she was a country yes, singer you're right Gwyneth paltrow was wild for a while she's like i really can do it all and oh, she me and batali will go uh we'll, we'll go to italy on a road trip show also i'll have a weird lifestyle brand i'll do it and she did god bless her god bless, bless her, her. Uh, also, I've been rewatching uh, Sex in the City, I think I said last week, too. Yes. And the episode where Carrie goes to therapy and Stanford's like, you have to go to Dr. Green. Everyone goes to Gwyneth Paltrow sees her. And she's like, what does Gwyneth Paltrow have to go to therapy about? She's like, high self-esteem. And I just love the joke. It was such a joke. <laughs> such a good joke to be made in like 1998. What a strong joke. High self-esteem. High self-esteem. She suffers from high self-esteem. That's a really good joke. (laughs) And like so, like truly like written in the 90s, you know? Shocking. (laughs) High self-esteem. High self-esteem. So Kim is going to think on it. She's not sure. In the meantime, Scott and his buddy Dalton 
Dalton. Well, it's time to figure out Scott's fashion for fall. So they go to a store I've never heard of. Maybe you know of it called Paul Stewart. No. Um, which is this, uh, he describes it as this over-the-top menswear store. It doesn't seem too wild to me, but it's definitely for a rich, rich dapper man. I mean, I think for a 20-something-year-old, yeah, it's probably right. very over-the-top. Yeah. And he's talking to the guy. He's like, maybe I'm ready for an ascot. Maybe a smoking jacket. I don't know. And then the guy's like, what about a cane? He's like, whoa. Whoa. And it's like, this ends up being such a comedy episode for Scott. He is having a ball. (laughs) He says, my great granddaddy was a pimp. (laughs) He like, he wants his cane. It's a $3,500 cane. He looks injured when he walks with this cane. Like, I'm not saying I could walk better with a cane. A cane implies oftentimes like an injury. So it's not like, but I truly was laughing so hard at the way he specifically walks with his cane. I think the problem is if you don't need to walk with a cane, it's hard to walk with a cane. You should just (laughs) hold the cane. You should hold it and use for climbing. Oh my god, he! This made me laugh so hard because he does look like a cartoon trying to <laughs> walk. He looks like a baby elephant getting its first steps. Yes, he like doesn't know how to move his legs, and he's like, it's really bad. It's so true. he, it's like high the highest knees you've yes, ever seen. Yes, he's just like he's like looks like he's learning to walk, and so he gets this thirty five hundred dollar cane, and is just truly happy as a clam it's the so lady funny who checked him out was like all right that'll be three thousand five hundred dollars and she just looks so so amused by this idiot buying such a <laughs> such an expensive cane i don't know what i thought canes cost but i was like oh so this is insane <laughs> oh he truly had no idea that was gonna cost thirty five hundred dollars i love how much of this season is about scott being an absolute moron about co- like buying cars, buying canes, just like like Scott thinks money is monopoly. Money is like the headline. <laughs> like uh, doesn't understand how money works. Very nouveau riche. Very uh, nouveau riche. So we have Kim and the music at the studio. The dream. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote the music chest, so that is his new name. That's it's- how that's why the title didn't make sense. You thought this whole time that his name was the music. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. I mean it makes as much sense. Again, totally- he makes the music. Um, the music. All right. Fine. I'll fine. humiliate you later. I'll show you. <laughs> So Kim woke up sick and he's like, uh oh, you pregnant? She's like, no, it's like a cold. And he's like, that's how it starts. So weird. I think saying that pregnancy starts by cold with cold like <laughs> symptoms is so funny. That's like, how what? it starts. What is this scene? Also, like, I know it's about a COVID post COVID world, but I was just like, Pre. it's so pre COVID oh, yeah. world. I mean, on my end, oh, yes, being yes. like, I'm like, why the fuck are you here? Don't sit across from this man and be like, uh, but that was normal back then. But it felt so wild to just like plop down a foot away from someone and be like, I'm sick. Uh, what <laughs> are we going like, to do in the future? What are you going to do in the future when someone comes to visit you or hang out with you or even sit in your office and they say like, oh, I'm sick. Would you say, can you please leave? Yeah. 
I mean, I got really good because I manage people at work. I became very, very like intense about sending people home. And it's different when it's a friend. It would be much harder with a friend. But I did force myself to do a lot. And that means you have to practice what you preach. And I would not I would never stay if I felt sick or seemed even just like itchy, watery eyes, like anything that would even just unnerve people. Um, but I always send people home because there is still such, I mean, I think it will be very different after COVID, but there is still such a like stupid heroicism complex to coming in when you're sick. My job has unlimited sick days. Ugh, I know that had the pandemic happened in the middle of a season of work for me, that my that Luke would have killed us all because he had two little girls that always got him sick and he would there were he had twins that were like in first or second grade and they would get sick then he would get sick but he had to work so he was always coming in to, to work sick and it just if it had happened oh my god while we were already working I was like Luke would have killed us <laughs> oh my god and there were people there's like a hundred percent people I can think of at my work who it's like if yeah if and like when when and if we ever are back in office in any way like it will be an interesting test of how every but it will be i think that it will be a lot more normal it may still hurt people's feelings but to be like ooh, i'd really rather us not hang or like yeah. i just i i or like i don't know or to just be like then or people wear masks in where they're like i have a little cold but it's nothing yeah bad. the like, mask okay. is a great solve and i think that that's and hanging out outside all these things we've learned that like change things. I mean, truly the number one thing of this, it's not the number one thing, but a huge piece that I've been reflecting on with this one year anniversary is that I have had the healthiest year of my life yeah. this year. And I, I mean, obviously not going places, not being in a workplace, but like I will wear masks as much as I can for as long as I can. I will wash my hands vigilantly and, and like, I have learned so much about public health and my yes. own immune system. And it's so crazy to me to think I'm not someone who tended to get super sick very often, but to still have not had even like a sore throat, a really bad thing. Like there's in a normal year, you get a couple really bad, you know, spells. And like, this is a full year of just being healthy. It's yeah. so crazy. Now, the only time I got really sick was from that pneumonia vaccine. <laughs> yes, I got when but apparently that's really good, guys. If you have a very strong response to a vaccine, it means your body is really kicking into overdrive. It's good. Because it I, I was like, so sick, though. Oh, no, this is going to kill me. I'm glad I, that we don't have to get those vaccines. I don't know why I was like, yeah, I've never had one. Let's do it. I would. I've been like, yeah, give it. Give me all of it. But boy, just don't get two in one day. That's my big recommendation think, yeah. for people going forward. Get the vaccine. Come on, get it. Wait, my best uh, friend in... Uh, who was very upset about having to go. Well, she's in Texas and the governor lifted the mandate. So no mm. masks are required. And she was like very concerned because it was just like all of a sudden in a week, you're going to have to like go to go teach in school without any kids wearing masks. Mm. But she got her first vaccine on Friday evening. Mm. She didn't. She said the next day she was a little sluggish, but that was it. Yeah, that's what my parents said. That they were the sec the first shot they didn't have anything and then the second shot like they they were kind of like wiped for a couple of days but they're a, a lot older 
And also I was like, I think there's just a big emotional release piece, yeah. you know, of like, oh my God, like, which I think can be really exhausting to just like course through your body. I can already tell it's going to really do me, <laughs> but I'm doing it anyway. You have to. I'm just the kind of person who, if there's a side effect listed, you don't even have to tell me I'm going to get it. <laughs> I'm going to get that side effect. But that's good going to go in. You know, it's going to be bumpy and then you'll be okay. Okay, so speaking of bumpy, so we've got Kim. Oh, go ahead. Yes, just her being like, I just don't want to embarrass myself. I just want to have fun. He's like, if it's bad. And she's like, what if it's bad? Then we don't release it. He's like, yeah, then I'll just leak it. I love that. I made me laugh. This guy's really pushing all of her buttons. He's like, you pregnant? I'm going to leak this. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, look, I'm not Beyonce. I'm not Celine Dion. I'm well aware of that. But I do just want to have fun. And they agree this sort of like forced breeziness about it when clearly Kim is like an anxious wreck over it and doesn't want to do it. But it has agreed that it doesn't matter and it'll be so fun. It's just like, relax, just chill. And, you know, so she's so she does. uh, She agrees. She's going to do it. So immediately, though, fretting, fretting hard. She's in bed. Courtney comes in and Kim's listening to her song and she's Courtney's like say it she's like no she's too embarrassed to sing it which granted I can't imagine a harsher critic than Courtney Kardashian I know I was like of all people to like it's so hard to be imagine being like very vulnerable in front of Courtney so we have Scott he comes in with his big ass cane and Kim goes oh my god I love it I actually think it's fab (laughs) <laughs> I love this. This was so funny. Scott, yeah. Scott enters and there is such an immediate immediate strong response by Kim. Big hard yes and Courtney is immediately so visibly turned off and <laughs> hates it. Like just hates it. There's such a visceral hatred and you can just feel that she's like ha 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 but truly like dreading this actually becoming a thing and then he makes her he tells her to lick it and says it's clean and then she does lick it and i was like this is why they're all sick yeah because he's walking around with that fucking cane in new york city and she licked (laughs) i couldn't believe she actually licked it i was like courtney and you Especially coming from the West Coast to a big city like that, and all of a sudden just surrounded by germs that they're not used to. Yeah. No, no. I no. just laughed so hard because I remembered this is such a tangity. I'm in a tangity mood, guys. I'm so sorry. But <laughs> when I was visiting New York a few summers ago <laughs> for like Del Close Marathon, me and my friend Chelsea Clark were having lunch or brunch at Bubby's. I love bubbies. bubbies. There's a bubbies right next to where they're staying, but it's just like great. Like they have pies and very home cooking kind of place. And it was so packed. We get a table and Chelsea's like, okay, she goes to the bathroom and she leaves her water bottle on the table. She comes back a few minutes later and she's like drinking from a water bottle and she sits down. And I go, Where'd you get that water? She's like, it's mine. I was like, no, this one's yours. She picked up the water in the bathroom. Oh, just started drinking it. No, No, Chelsea, no. Just New York City stranger bathroom water. Oh, Oh, that made my like stomach like tighten. Like, no, 
No, don't put it in your body. She was so upset. I would she be. Was so upset. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, New York's gross, guys. It is. It's okay, a gross place. So uh, Courtney's got her going out to get coffee, and Courtney's just so mortified by the stupid cane. It's... And to make it worse, this idiot's in the coffee shop using it as like a pointing stick, <laughs> and he like fumbles it and it flies around. <laughs> like, it's so stupid. It's, it is like a true Mr. Magoo kind of turn for Scott. It's so <laughs> funny. He's trying so hard to be dapper and fancy. <laughs> there, this little montage is so funny of Courtney and him out in the world. He like not only yeah, throws this thing around a coffee shop to which we <laughs> to which Courtney just walks out of the coffee shop. <laughs> before that, before that, a woman asks to take a photo with with Courtney, and Scott asks if he can hold her purse, and he uses the cane to hold it up, <laughs> and he's like having so much fun with his little cane it is like a little boy who just got like a toy truck or something like he's just loving it he never does physical comedy he never no chloe will do physical comedy and that's it chloe's the only one doing physical comedy with us this it really hit me because like I, Tim and I had gone on a walk and I had an umbrella and I was care and it didn't end up raining. And I truly did not realize how much I was like using the umbrella to like articulate everything I was saying, <laughs> swinging it around and pointing at things. And he was like, can you please stop? It was like one of those big ones, like a wooden handle. And he was like, please stop. Like you are gesticulating uh, way too much. And I kept being like, oh yeah, I will stop. I'll stop. And then be like, la, la, la. <laughs> like you, it was just so fun Jess, having a thing. You're going to poke my eyeball out. Yes. And I was like, please stop. So I was truly watching Scott in this scene, being like, oh no, I'm Scott. That's, that's me. <laughs> that would be me. Uh, so we have we're back in bed. <laughs> Kim's safe space, <laughs> and she's practicing her song. But she's really so scared. She's scared that the dream chose the wrong person for the song. <laughs> Please don't stop the music. Uh, and then Courtney says one of the most inspirational things she's ever said. She said, you shouldn't be afraid. You should go for things you want to do. I loved this. Wow. I loved this. I was like, Courtney, way to cut to the heart of it. Which is just like, do what you want to do. You're Kim Kardashian. Do what's I fun for you. I think that's my senior quote was, do <laughs> the things you dreamed of doing. Oh, I love that. It was it was such a nice moment. It was like, because it is this goof thing and it is like, there's a lot to laugh at about it. But it is this kind of like the heart of the whole storyline is like, clearly Kim wants to, you know, she's like, you can tell from the minute it comes up with Sierra that she's like, oh. <gasps> Really? Me? You know, but she, oh, I couldn't. But Not she's me. embarrassed. And, yeah. and, and I get it. And singing is a whole thing. And she's surrounded by, she's like talking to Sierra, a pop star, and working <laughs> with the guy that wrote Single Ladies. But um, it's such a sweet moment. So then, of course, we have the obligatory Dash store check in that never matters or means anything. <laughs> doesn't connect where they always are looking at like one piece of something this was like a light some light or some glass displays oh my gosh but i love how some producer got every old <laughs> fat man in the building to put a scarf on around their neck and pretend like they were ascots and that scott disick had a 
big influence on them. He was loving it. Yeah, it's clearly a goof. They're absolutely like making fun of Scott's style. And he is so happy. He says they know Big Dad. They knew Big Daddy was coming in today. (laughs) (laughs) Then he starts playing baseball basically with his cane and the crew in the in the uh the construction crew they're like hitting things around it's a whole big mess scott is the center of attention having a ball courtney is like i hate this cane (laughs) it is driving me insane (laughs) and it is so real like courtney cannot act enough to like fake it and it is like you can feel a like a true seething anger about this cane it's it's like hatred yes she hates it she hates it she's honestly more angry about the cane than she was when he cheated on her yes a hundred percent she's more angry than whenever he was such a destructive alcoholic she had to flee a a whole state with her baby (laughs) she she made more excuses for his alcoholism and philandering and poor treatment of her and her mother but this cane this she cane. will not stand for it. No, it can't. It is unacceptable. <laughs> so then it is song day. I keep, oh. I wrote the music in every one of my notes. <laughs> I wrote the music. The music. The dash music. <laughs> so we have our friend Joyce with, isn't it so smart to make your makeup artist your new best friend? A hundred percent. And and the, they really like set a template too that extended through Mario through Ariel. This becomes like, yeah, you want in the fold, but yeah, they they it's it's song recording day. They, Courtney and Joyce arrive with Kim. They are all dressed to the nines, and Kim has on. Uh, like, oh no, she is wearing the fur later. Oh no, yeah, and she has this like, yeah, she has this like strange fur that is like one arm of fur. I was like, could not figure out what I was like. Oh, it's a fur coat, but one arm did not, unless she just had it. I could not figure out what this outfit was. I thought it was a fur vest, but I might not have seen. It had a sleeve. It one side had like a full big puffy sleeve, and then a different thing shooting off the shoulder. I was obsessed, but. She starts recording. It's so flat. Poor baby. Poor baby. Look. It, I'm going out tonight. It's oh. going down. Heading straight to the front of the line. On it's so... It's not just, in terms of technical ability, bad. It is so, like, meek and small and unconfident. And it is just so rough you and it's like you feel the moment like the room fills and it's like oh no and she's trying she even has her shoes off so you can tell like someone was like get comfortable like they were doing all the things and she is just struggling and i felt for her so much in that moment because i told you last year uh, right before the shutdown and stuff i was taking that singing class that voice lesson i remember I definitely got emotional in it and often was like, I have to quit. I can't do this. It's too really, it was too emotional. It's so vulnerable. Yeah. Singing is so vulnerable. Especially when you're bad, when you're like, I'm doing a bad job. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's so humanizing because it's like, 
thank God Kim can't sing. Cause it's like, this woman is so many things and oh. is just like, has so many doors available to her, open to her. We see her life, the direction it goes in obviously, but it's just like, I truly was like, thank God. <laughs> she can't you know what though? Sing. I even have a friend that like has been on Broadway uh, and is like a truly amazing singer and she won't sing for real in front of friends. Oh, wow. I she mean, like, it's just she does like a fake voice when she sings because she's too embarrassed. I mean, it just is. It's the reason why it's the concept of karaoke, which is that people like to sing, but you have to get very drunk and be like scream singing in a room where people can't are, are talking and it's too loud. And then you get to comfortably sing. Oh, God, like, now I'm remembering getting drunk on my mom's 65th birthday and singing Jolene and then walking over to the table of my mom and dad and their friends and being like, I was so good. Did you hear how good I was? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, but seriously, like, I'm really good at singing, right? I was like, just tell me, right? I'm like very good at this. I'm a good singer. Well, that's like, I was, all I think about is how I would force everybody. My karaoke song always for, for many, many years is Love on Top, the Beyonce song, because it is impossible because it's like six octave changes it's like a you just go higher and higher and higher and it's my favorite thing to just like force upon a room of people <laughs> like here we go and you're all held captive um, and i'm just like screaming dripping in sweat always winded at the end <laughs> It's all about the breath, baby. Oh, uh, but so, so she's struggling. She's and the dream isn't really like he's kind of. I was I expected him to kind of like build her up a little bit more, you know. Like he's kind of. Get, I mean, it's probably just edited this way, but kind of the vibe is like he's not feeling it either. Maybe everybody in the moment was like, "Fuck." Well, that's the thing is like if you're used to working with like Beyonce and Sierra and Justin Bieber and. Rihanna and then you have Kim you're like oh right yes only singers really know how to sing <laughs> right right she doesn't sing <laughs> she doesn't literally know what she's doing hmm. <laughs> so Kim so Kim leaves she yeah. she, she books takes it a break. shakes she takes a, break. a break she goes out to the out of the studio and the dream meanwhile dream turns to Courtney and is like you have to go get Kim you have to bring her back yeah and goes out and K Courtney is like a great big sis and encourages her and is like you know let's do it let's you're here and then Kim's like she's like what are you doing she's like I'm waiting for the elevator and Kim tells her I think you're just better at this than me you should do it Yes, that was so funny. Like just pawning it off, like flattering her to try to pawn off this thing that she's like, I don't like it. Oh my God. Could you stop. imagine if Courtney had sang the song? I'd lose my mind. I love imagining. I love imagining it actually. I would love to hear Courtney even tell us what she thinks her take would have been because you know <sighs> she thinks she's very good. But she comes back and she cranks it out. Did Kim. you notice what she was drinking? No. They, the music, a.k.a. the dream and Kim were both drinking like a cup of either Kahlua or Bailey's. Oh, that. OK, well, that had been his suggestion from their first meeting that she takes some tequila shots. And like, so it wouldn't surprise me if that was like his M.O. was like, I feel like they were just like, does anyone have alcohol? And everyone's like, no, they're like, 
uh, I have a bottle of Bailey's. <laughs> and Kim, who knows you. nothing about alcohol, was like, ooh, great. Ooh, tasty. Because you don't want to be drinking milk and singing. That's a thing. Right. No, no, no. But Kim wouldn't know that. Uh, and then at the end, the dream is feeling very good. He says, I'm really happy with my thinking that this would work. I feel like a genius. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh gosh so scott they're at the apartment his cane is missing (gasps) he immediately accuses courtney and she's like no she's very bad at lying and he's like i can't tell if you're lying (laughs) (laughs) then he knows he knows that she has hidden the cane so he says oh okay well you don't want to tangle with me two can play at that game he grabs a pillowcase grabs a pillow empties out the pillow goes over and starts listing off all the fancy brands of her shoes, Prada, blah, 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 throwing them into this pillowcase. Does this remind you of anything we've seen before on this series? Maybe a Chris Jenner taking Caitlyn's debit card and Caitlyn holding her dress hostage from the That's right. That's right. There is already like a hostage and hiding things pattern in this family. Mm -hmm. Because it is so funny. The idea of Courtney just hiding his cane. (laughs) But she's calling his bluff. He's like holding the shoes in a pillowcase over the side of the building and she is like not, she's not moving, she's not budging. And nope. I legitimately got nervous, Jess. Me too, because he's doing like a three, two, one, or back. I'm doing it backwards, but he's like counting down, counting three, and as if he's gonna drop it on three. And I was like, I think he's gonna do it. I think he's gonna like dangerously drop this bag of expensive shoes. But you know what she does? She says, "Grow up," and then glares at him and walks away. And I was like, Yeah, he's scared. Yeah, I was scared. like, this is a test of what we already know, which is who controls this relationship. Uh-huh. And I was like, yep, that's exactly, of course, how that was going to go. Uh-huh. He would never. I no. can't even believe for a second, I thought. She gave him the face of, you will never see your children again. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's so funny because then it becomes, it's kind of this goof scene. And then it becomes like very, almost like seriously emotional. And yeah. Scott is like, what did the cane ever do to you? I would never take something away that you had some enjoyment with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then she's like, Scott obviously loves his cane. <laughs> <laughs> she basically like relents and, and tells him the cane is under a cushion on the patio furniture. He races outside. There's his <laughs> beloved $3,500 cane in stuffed the rain. away in the rain. <laughs> He's like, you better hope it's waterproof. <laughs> but he did say, you should know that you're my best accessory. There you go. It's a nice, nice full circle. <laughs> this is a nice moment. This is a good Courtney and Scott era. They're just, just a very fun little story between them. Yeah, very cute. She's evil, but it's cute. Uh, then <laughs> we are back at the studio and Joyce oh my God. walks in with the biggest bow on her head and the dream says oh you brought me a christmas present (laughs) (laughs) this is like a sia style two foot tall by two foot tall huge red bow i was like joyce honey this is not your show (laughs) she didn't even laugh at his joke about being a christmas present 
I and was she like, looks right at the camera too. Yes, it is the most attention grabbing outfit as if she was trying to obscure the fact that she's next to Kim Kardashian. It doesn't work, <laughs> Joyce. Um and he they play the song. Um they play the song and it's it's not good. It is not a good song. But it is it is not a bad song. Kim's vocals are I mean it is so crazy buried in the mix it is the most like hyper processed and it still is just so but that is what makes you go back to Paris Hilton's song and be like that's actually very good I did so then I so I I then went back and listened to uh to Paris to both today and I was like this is crazy should I play jam I mean not the whole thing it's four minutes but no yes it's oddly four minutes you want to skip 30 seconds into the song where it starts uh <laughs> I can't put the ear part ear part okay. what do you mean Here? well the sound comes out yeah yeah it's 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 no Paris is the thing that's a she's no Paris <sighs> she tried no one can knock her for trying, but no, it is. I want to play the Paris song. Play the Paris song. <laughs> I mean, this is the moment. If not now, when? Oh, never, I guess. Well, the Paris song, I, I think, has had a resurgence since it was in Promising Young Woman. Yes. So what it's a fun kind of choice. Like, let's um, see. You got to really, you got to go 30 seconds into these. These, uh, these, they got a real long lead. I up couldn't to it. believe this. Cor- the Kim song is four and a half minutes. Yes. <laughs> Paris and reggae, two things that obviously would go together. <laughs> It's so good, though. Oh, what a time. What a time. But so the funniest they- part of this is, Jess, is that like all things Kim, she loves it. Yes! <laughs> she, she loves everything she's ever done. <laughs> she is so happy. She keeps all we can hear because the music is blasting is we can just see her mouth mouthing it. And she's like, it's so good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh my god! And this it is, is just, just like the nude photo shoot <laughs> all yes. over again. It's so funny. She's so happy. I just love her. She just loves herself, and she it loves her own bad, bad, bad song. And then <sighs> she plays it for Scott and Courtney. They're loving it back at the apartment, and Scott's like, "It makes me feel like I just want to hit the town." <laughs> <laughs> and she announces that it's going up on iTunes, and that she's donating half of the money to cancer to a charity for cancer. Um, and it's just actually a very cute, supportive scene with Scott and Courtney. They're like, "Oh my god, you're like a rock star!" Yeah, like, Courtney's like, "My sister's a rock star, a motherfucking rock star." <laughs> <laughs> and Scott's like. Kimmy the jammer and she is like traipses off while her song playing her song for herself and is just really loving herself she and does a little just dance a really move too that's humiliating oh the whole thing it's so crazy to read I mean this song is so iconic it's just like a dud but to watch the arc of like I'm so nervous I'm so nervous what if it's bad it's definitely bad and Kim's like it's perfect 
correct is like the best possible thing. <laughs> I'm great. Oh my God. What can't I do? I, that we should all raise all of our daughters, all of our children with the level of confidence Kim gets to have oh, in this world. Absolutely. I love it. Well, that was it. That's we it, have um, one more vintage ep. Uh, uh, and then we'll be hopping over to the new season. Yes. Again, um, guys, we're going to do some kind of live show Friday, March 19th. Yay! Time to be announced. And I think we're going to do it over Zoom. So we'll yeah. make it easily accessible to everyone. Yes. Um, we're excited for this new and final season. Bittersweet. It's a big one. I can't believe we're here. This sounded so far away, like all things. And now... It's time. It's premiere week. Um, yeah. I can't wait. I'm very, very, very excited for this season for a zillion reasons, of course. So in the meantime, you know the drill. We release new episodes every Monday. Check out our website, Cardishinit.com. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please rate and review. And check out our Twitter and Instagram or email us at Cardishinit at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening to Cardishinit. Bye. Bye. Bye.